0: What's up, y'all? This is Mike Pyatt, and you're now chilling on half. So much, so much stuff has happened since the last episode, and it's a, it's a gift and a curse when it comes to that. Sometimes I like when a lot of things happen because it gives me more to talk about, just like in this episode. But other times it's kind of annoying because so much happens that I have to cover when I wanted to cover some newer stuff that happened recently But because of all the older stuff that happened I have to go back But this episode is just It's a lot <laughs> So much, so much has happened Since the last episode Ron Rivera was diagnosed with cancer Cancer in the neck Lou Olsen died Chadwick Boseman died Clifford Robertson died and yesterday we lost John Thompson, former Georgetown basketball coach. And of course the shooting of Jacob Blake. Once again, police brutality in this country is 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 ran its ugly head and as a black man we have to think about these things a lot. I made a post on Facebook basically saying I don't think my friends understand that if I'm around the police I have to be perfect. If I make one mistake, my life is in danger. And the same can go for them. If the police make one mistake, their lives are in danger too. And that's why I feel like somehow some way we got to we have to do better. But all I know is 8 minutes and 46 seconds with somebody knee on your neck and getting shot in the back 7 times is too much. Even if those dudes were super guilty. It's not the police job to subdue. I mean, I'm sorry, it is the police job to subdue, but not execute. And yeah, there's, there's a lot surrounding police brutality right now and we, like I said, we have to do better. We have to do better. And on top of dealing with the Jacob Blake shooting and everything that happened surrounding that, the NBA players, they went on strike. And shout-out to the Milwaukee Bucks who kind of started it all by protesting their game five against the Magic. They came out, read a statement, saying that they there's no way they can play right now at their best because of their focus on what's happening. And Wisconsin with the Jacob Blake shooting Um, so they kicked it off the NBA had a little meeting the Clippers and Lakers they were the ones that wanted to boycott the rest of the season but it turned out that it was just basically LeBron um, leading the charge of boycotting the season and whatnot and it was a whole bunch of he say she say stuff but at the end of the day the NBA they took off about two days I believe and resume the playoffs on Saturday, and we'll definitely talk about that later. But outside of the Jacob Blake shooting and the NBA protesting, the NBA, and basketball in general, I'm sorry, lost a lot of people this weekend. And even at the beginning of the week, and like I mentioned, it started off with Lou Olson, the Arizona basketball, um, former Arizona University basketball coach. He put Arizona on the map, man. Um, Most of my life when I was younger, Lou Olsen was coaching the Arizona Wildcats college basketball team. I think he coached Gilbert Arenas, too. Um, I didn't research that. I'm sorry about that, but I'm pretty sure Lou Olsen coached Gilbert Arenas. But nevertheless, even if he didn't, he had a heck of a resume. And it just sucked to see on ESPN that he passed. <laughs> and then Friday night happened. I had no clue. I had no clue. Chadwick Bozeman he passed at the age of 43, the colon cancer. The last movie I saw him play in was The Five Bloods on Netflix. It was a Spike Lee joint. He did look smaller in that movie. And I did notice that he didn't have as many parts in that movie. But somehow, someway, he still managed to steal the show. And that just showed you how great of an actor that he was. But not only that, it just shows you how strong of a person that he was. Because he had colon cancer since 2016, I believe. They said he was dealing with it for the last four years. When they said that, I thought about all the movies that he had made within those last four years. I'm talking like big movies that came out. And there was an interview with the Huffing, Huffington Post where the Arthur asked him about um, his weight gain and weight loss during the road, um, the rows of, I believe he went from playing. Black Panther and Civil War, to Marshall, um, the Thurgood Marshall movie, played Thurgood Marshall, to Black Panther again. And the reporter was like, did you lose weight? I mean, did you gain weight, lose weight, and gain weight again? And Chadwick Boseman replied, you don't know the half of it, and laughed. And of course the writer was thinking about, thinking back on that, and he he said he put the quote out there on Twitter, and everybody was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, this man was dealing with cancer and was recording these movies, man. And like I said, it just proves you just how strong of a person he was. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and then the very next morning, I'm in the barber shop, And I see that Clifford Robinson died. Clifford Robinson, he played a long time, one of the original stretch fours, man. He would have definitely had an impact in today's game. I remember him most with the Trailblazers, and I believe he played with the Pistons for a few. But he played a long time in the NBA. I think he didn't retire until 2007, but he started in the 80s or something like that. Um, And yeah, that was just a shocker because who doesn't like Uncle Cliff? (laughs) Who doesn't like him? When you see him on the interviews, when you see him in the game, he just always seemed like... He was a chill, cool dude that just wanted to play basketball. And finally, John Thompson, man. Just like Lou Olsen, John Thompson put a team on the map. And it hits home because that team was Georgetown University. That's a school that's very, very famous in the Washington, D.C. area. My sister, my trail, she, she graduated from there. She went there for a scholarship, so I was very aware of how prestigious Georgetown was, but even without that, he, John Thompson himself, basically built that school's pro basketball program to a powerhouse, and my, 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 my guy, he sent me a text last night after I had fell asleep, um, it was a Georgetown jacket. I don't think it's a starter jacket, but it kind of looks like that style. But he showed, me, he sent this picture to me, and in the caption, it said, "This pic is taken from the Smithsonian National African American Museum." That's the impact this man had on our culture. When he said this man, he's talking about John Thompson. He said, "You weren't born," talking about me. He said, "You weren't born." But believe me, there was a time where every black kid wanted one of these joints. Not every black kid in the DMV. Every black kid in the country. And I have to take my guy's word for what it's worth. Because that's an impact that I didn't even know that he had. Now, of course, I knew that he had an impact in the college basketball scene. like That's undeniable. But I didn't know culture-wise that people outside the DMV felt about him the same way that we did inside the DMV. And, yeah, it was just a testament of how great of a person he is. But one of my favorite stories about John Thompson is when there were some things going on. I can't remember it um, piece for piece, but all I know is that the most notorious drug dealer in D.C. history, Rayful Edmonds, John Thompson went to him basically was like, leave my players alone. And Rayful Edmonds agreed. And it's it's just, I heard stories about this dude before. Rayful Edmonds was not somebody that you wanted to mess around with. So the fact that John Thompson confidently, fearless, went to him, told him, hey, you gotta stop messing with my players, man. And Rayful Edmonds agreed and stopped messing with his players and That's amazing So I pray that all of them rest in peace Each of them had a a impact on me Rather it was in the sports world or the entertainment world And it just sucks that we're losing so many people in 2020 Especially in the sports world And to be honest with y'all I still really haven't recovered from Kobe It's something that, um, I wouldn't say it messes with me, but it's just he was a great person and we lost him. And there was something I actually was planning on doing in September regarding Kobe Bryant, and I think I'll just make that an entire podcast episode one day, but it's something that I feel like I owe myself um, to finish just because I need people to understand that um, it it was so much more than basketball with Kobe for me. It was so much more. And yeah, it's just been it's it's just it's a tough couple of weeks for all of us. But God is good and even in the midst of this tough year, it's him that's helping me through this. I mean, I know not everybody believes in it or cares for it, but um like the Bible says, as for me and my house, we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to follow God. So, yeah, and that's basically what's been helping me through all this mess in 2020. And like I said, it's, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. But we can find our way through this. And once again, my name is Mike Pyatt. You've been chilling on half. And we're going to finally talk about some redskins in the next segment. But even that doesn't start off on a high note you don't Just stay tuned Welcome back to Chilling on Half This is Mike Pyatt, and we're finally going to talk about some Redskins. But before I even talk about actual football, man, so much stuff we got to talk about before that. And it sucks because Ron Rivera, man, like I said in the last segment, he was diagnosed with cancer a few weeks ago, and he's had to put up with so much since he's been here. And it's not fair, man, because... I liked him when they first hired him. I remember me and my co-worker, we were talking about um, future Redskins coaches after Jay Gruden was fired. And later on that season, Ron Rivera was fired. And at first, it never really dawned on me that he would be someone that I would want to coach the football team. He wouldn't be someone that I would want to coach the football team. But I got to thinking, I'm like, bruh, We've been hiring so many head coaches that focus on the offensive side of football. And I wouldn't even say that Shanahan and Jay Gruden were complete failures here because of the stuff they had to deal with with Snyder. I won't call them failures or complete failures. Sure, they could have done better, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But that's what I'm getting back to. For the last 10 years, y'all, I know I keep saying it. For the last 10 years, this defense has been nothing but underperforming, underwhelming, awful. And I feel confident in saying that they were awful over these last 10 years. So I'm thinking about Rivera. I'm thinking about the team. I'm like, maybe they should go after him. They need a defensive coach. Lo and behold, like two weeks later, they signed him as the football team's head coach. And, yeah, I'm saying football team. I'm trying to switch it. I know I said Redskins, but just bear with me. Dang. (laughs) So, yeah, he was hired as a Redskins football coach, and I like what he's been doing. I like what he did before the draft, all this stuff. And then after that, so much stuff happened. The team switched their name. Lawsuits. Scandalous newspaper articles. And now, on top of dealing with cancer... The NFL themselves is about to start investigating the football team. That's, that's just a lot. And I know he's a stand-up dude, a cool person, but nobody should have to deal with this on their first six, seven, eight months on the job. And the fact that not only is he dealing with it, not only is he dealing with that, not only is he dealing with cancer. He's dealing with coaching a football team. And you want to know what? In my opinion, he's killing that right now. I haven't seen a Redskins... Oh, sorry. I haven't seen a football team coach come in and have as big of an impact as Rivera has. I thought the last time this happened was when Mike Shanahan came and he started changing things and switching things around. But even Mike Shanahan didn't have the impact that Rivera seems to have on the team. You can just tell the entire vibe is different with the Washington football team right now. The entire vibe is different. And I guess we'll see in a couple of weeks how that'll play out on the field. But I just know for the first time, I actually feel good about the future of this team and knowing that it's being done correctly. Like there's no ulterior motives that Ron Rivera is in charge. And everybody is following his lead. And as a true leader, he's able to give more people more responsibility. He doesn't have to do it all. He doesn't have to do it all. So, yeah, it's just been a great, great year of me getting to know him, not only as a football coach, but just the type of person he is. And I can't think of a better coach for the Rams. For the football team right now. And he said it'll be business as usual after he was diagnosed with cancer. And for the football team, that's exactly what it's been. Trainer camp wrapped up yesterday. They had a little small practice at FedEx Field. I really, really appreciate the reporters for covering the team doing training camp. Uh, people have to understand they work hard at that job, they work hard, man. That's why I try to shout them out as much as I can, because as a former journalist student, I understand a little of what it takes to be in that profession. And I never, ever want to step on their toes by reporting anything they said or or, uh, talking about anything they talked about, because I want to make sure that they get all the credit that they deserve. So I'm not going to list any names, but I just want... If they happen to hear this podcast, I just want them to know that I appreciate their work so much, especially during this COVID, because without us fans being able to go to the training camp, we have to depend on their eyes. And like I said, I'm very appreciative. I try to send as many articles as I could, tweets out as I could, and anything I send they're always going to get tagged and credited in it, because that's just the right thing to do. But, training camp wrapped up yesterday, and it. I'll just say this. The offense, I don't know if they'll produce, but I guarantee they'll be creative, and they don't need to be Kansas City. If they can produce about 21 points per game, they could be in a lot of games. It's just that simple. I don't expect the Redskins defense to give up that many points. So, 21 points per game may put you in the ballpark to win a few games this year um, as far as the Wayne Haskins he ended training camp sharp according to reporters they witnessed his last few practices <laughs> believe me if he was trash or if he was a little bit shaky they'd have no problems reporting it they'd have no problems reporting it but what they have been reporting is that Haskins has looked sharp he's looked nice He's still throwing the ball a bit too high to their liking, but he's been consistent in camp. And I guess that's what you want to see from a quarterback. You want to see that consistency. Are they learning the playbook? Do they have control of the playbook, control of the huddle, all that other small stuff that the average fan wouldn't know or care about. They want to see if the quarterback can master that in training camp, and it seems like Dwayne Haskins has. I haven't heard the same things about Kyle Allen as far as performance. The best is I heard is that he has control of the offense and that he likes to scramble a lot. That's good. <laughs> That's good, but I never thought that he had a realistic shot of beating out Haskins in training camp. And based on what I've been saying and hearing, the competition hasn't been close. Alex Smith is definitely the wild card. He's definitely a wild card. And he himself, he practiced yesterday at the FedEx Field um, training camp practice, but it was in shills. He even did 11 on 11, but still they weren't in pads. So who knows what's up with him. And <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's Haskins' job. He's starting quarterback week one against Philadelphia. I'll be completely shocked if he isn't. Um, he's been leading the starting offense a lot in training camp. Um. yeah that that competition was over a couple of weeks ago in my opinion as for the running back since the dumping in the geist Antonio Gibson he seemed to emerge as the back to look out for besides Adrian Peterson I know reporters have mentioned McKissick's name a few times but they haven't talked about Bryce love the last two weeks I don't know if that's because Bryce has let's say pulled the McLaren <laughs> put to McLaurin um, did he perform so well earlier in camp and knows the playbook so much that they don't want to risk him getting injured so they're holding him out a little the last couple of practices if in front of the media so they won't spill the beans so to speak um, but McKissick he's been having a last uh, the last few days he's been having a great practice according to reporters Um, I think those three running backs will be the bell cows earlier in the season. Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick. I believe that they will be the running backs that carry the team in the beginning of the season. Then, after that, you'll start seeing Bryce Love being entered in the mix. And that, that bodes well for the offense, I think. If you could have a three-hitted running back, and then in the middle of the season you add a fourth piece to it, I think that can bode well for the team. But it's all going to come down to the offensive line, I believe. And the great thing about this training camp is that there has been competition on the offensive line. It hasn't been the greatest, but there has been competition. And I always believe that competition amongst a group will always bring out the best of that individual group. So, yeah, we're going, to, we're going to go from there with the offensive line. Right now, I think the starters are Morgan Moses at right tackle, Brandon Sheriff at right guard, um, the same, Chase Roulier starting center, um, with Wes Martin as the left guard and Jeron Christian as the left tackle. I believe that's your starting five for the Redskins offensive line week one versus Philly. Now the receivers. Speaking of McLaurin, I just I posted a clip of him last week. Seems like he's ready to go. He went over the top on um, I believe it was Coven, I wanna say. Well whoever it was, he went over the top, burnt them, smoked them, touched six points. McLaurin was so amped after the play, punted the ball, he was he was just ham, man. He went ham on that play. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he's ready to go. But for the rest of the receivers, no one has seemed to break away from the pack. I do believe that the top three will be McLaurin, Steven Sims, and the recent signing Dontrell In- Inman. The other three spots are shaky. It's starting to feel like due to injuries, Antonio Gandy-Golden won't start the season high on the depth chart. But I still like his potential. But I believe that you'll see a lot of Cam Sims early in the season. I think he may he may have won the job as the fourth wide receiver on the team. Um, I believe they'll keep Isaiah Wright, the rookie. And, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a sixth wide receiver. I honestly don't think there'll be a sixth wide receiver this year. And... If that's the case, that's that's bad. That's bad for Trey Quinn. He can be sending his way out now. There are reporters, I believe J.P. Finley is one of them, that thinks Trey Quinn will make the fifty-three um, man roster. But I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I I don't know. That's a it's a lot. It's a lot. Now, as far as the defense goes. Jonathan Allen and Kendall Filler, they're banged up a little bit, but nothing seems to be too serious with either of those players. I think the defense is ready to go. I think they're ready for the season to start. You got Troy Apke at safety smacking players. Sean Dion Hamilton doing the same thing, smacking his own teammates. Chase Young keep throwing people to the ground. I'm just ready to see it live. I'm just ready to see it live. And like I said, with Ron Rivera, um... It's it's just nice having a defensive coach um, that actually understands how important that is that ball that side of the ball is and how how to adjust. That was the main problem in the Redskins defense was not adjusting last year. They'll play well and then in the second half they'll just get smoked. And it seems like that's been happening forever. It's 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 been happening forever. So I'm just glad that we have a defensive coach now, and that they'll be able to adjust when needed. Like Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, Chris Harris, um, Steve Coach Arrest the linebacker, um, Linebackers Coach. Man, they got it. Um, Sam Mills, the third defensive line coach. Man, listen, they got it. I have I have faith in the defense for the first time in years. They got it, man. They got it. And last segment, we're going to talk about some NBA basketball. The layoff, it actually threw me off a bit, but we'll talk about it in the next segment. This is Mike Pyle. You know where you're chilling. Welcome back, y'all. We're going to end the show talking about some NBA basketball. Like I said earlier, that's the stoppage. It threw me off completely. I can't even front. I thought the Thunder Rockets series was over. I thought that series was over. Last night, the Thunder beat the Rockets in game six, and that was a game seven, man game seven. Same with the um, Nuggets and Jazz, too. Their game seven is today, actually, Tuesday. September 1st, they're playing their game seven. Um, and it's, it's crazy because all four of the Western Conference playoff series at one point were tough. The Lakers learned early in their series that the Blazers weren't going to be as easy as they thought. The Mavericks, they definitely had their way um, of dealing with the Clippers, in that series, but both the Lakers and the Clippers were able to overpower the less talented teams and move on to the second round rather easily at the end of the day. Now, of course, the Mavericks had to deal with some injuries the same with the Trailblazers. but even if both teams were healthy, I feel like the results would have been the same with the Lakers and Clippers advancing to the second round. Now, predictably, these other two series they went long. Like, they went the distance. The Nuggets and Jazz have been putting on shows for the fans. And I hope people have been paying attention to Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Because that looks like it's going to be a rival for years. And you better watch that Game 7 day, Because, yeah, I think they're going to put on a show for us, man. And right now, I think the Nuggets have the momentum. Whatever issues they had early in the series, it seemed like they were able to fix Because they've been playing better, much better, throughout the series, and I expect them to win tonight. Um, I also expect the Rockets to finish off the Thunder in Game 7 as well. Um, I just think that they are the more powerful team, and credit to Oklahoma for getting this far, and obviously if they do win, it won't be a surprise, because they won just as many games as Houston this series so far. So, that'll be cool to watch. Um, the Eastern Conference semifinals, that's been banana already. Like I said, the Western Conference, they still have two series they have to finish up today and tomorrow, but the East is already off and popping in the second round. Last night you had Milwaukee blowing the lead, I think, to the Heat because I ain't gonna lie. I took some Tylenol PM last night and I was out, bro. <laughs> I was out. I think I went out like around 10-something or maybe earlier than that. I'm not even sure. But all I know is that the last thing I saw was the Bucks winning by double digits over the Heat. It could have been early in the game, but I just know they were winning. I wake up. I see a post from Jimmy Butler saying, I'm going to just go out and score. And... His teammates when they saw that he made the first couple of buckets, they said, Oh, okay, then he can just do his thing. We good. So when I saw that they were talking about the Heat and not the Bucks. When I woke up this morning, I'm like, Did the Heat win? Check the scores, sure enough. Heat up one oh on the Bucks in the best of seven in the second round. And with the Raptors and Celtics, Celtics beat the brakes off the Raptors in game one. They crushed them. crush crushed them, man. They crushed them. Um, I don't think Toronto's in trouble. They're the defending champions, if case y'all forgotten. And I do believe that they will find a way to bounce back. Do I think they can beat the Celtics? I don't know. I don't know, because the Celtics, they kind of match up well with um, Toronto. They match up very well with Toronto. They have wings for days, and they have a couple of big man they can throw out there. That's pretty much Toronto's MO. So Nick Nurse, he's gonna have his, he's gonna have his, um, and yeah, he's gonna have a tough time with the Celtics in this series. And it's not like Brad Stevens won't adjust to whatever Nick Nick Nurse adjusts to. So yeah, that's gonna be a fun series to pay attention to. All for the second round series, rather it's. L.A. versus the Thunder or L.A. versus the Rockets, that's going to be fire. Um, Clippers versus Jazz or Nuggets, man, that's definitely going to be fire. So I'm going to follow it all. I'm going to try to be consistent with these podcast episodes, especially since so much happens in between them. I'm going to try to release them every Tuesday for y'all. When football season starts, you know it's going to be on and popping and chilling on half. And hopefully we can continue throughout the season and not stop midway through this year. So, <laughs> I'm going to try, y'all. I'm going to try, but nothing's guaranteed. And I just pray that you all have a blessed day, blessed week, blessed month. And um, I'll, see, I'll holler at y'all on the interwebs. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike from Southwest. Also, chilling on Half on Twitter, at chilling on Half. And also follow the Facebook page, Chilling on Half. That's where I post most of my content in between podcasts. And again, this is Mike Pyatt. You've been chilling on half, and we out.